Welcome to Larry Marines America. This is the gun version. And we're going to start where we left off at the uh, Winchester XPR 308. So we're starting off today with the Mossberg Patriot with the Vortex Scope. Mossberg is an American manufacturer who makes excellent guns at very reasonable prices. The Patriot, chambered in 308, is a fine bolt-action rifle. The, the combo with the Vortex 3x9x40 is available for around $500. I like the rifle's quality, but I prefer the Ruger American and the Savage Axis XP. If you will buy one, wait a second, my page is stuck together here. If you will buy one for rifle, for hunting or shooting for sport, I recommend talking to your local gun shop about the different rifles, pros and cons, watching some video reviews on YouTube. I published this review on December 4th 2016. I recently checked my scope for zero and shot 40 rounds at 200 yards. It has been over a year since I had the rifle out of my safe. <clears throat> this review published uh, December 4th, 2016. And, um, I, you know, I, like I said, I recently checked the scope for zero and shot 40 rounds at 200 yards. It was over a year since I had the rifle out of my safe, and I forgot how good this rifle is. I can't believe the quality of this rifle for the money. The Vortex scope is not the best, but for the amount of money, it's hard to beat. I didn't miss anything at 200 yards shooting 40 rounds. That review was done 2018 in November. Uh, the real nice thing about this, it's not a synthetic stock, it's a wood stock. Uh, I have no idea what the rifle sells for in 2023, but I mean, it, it was a bargain rifle, rifle and uh, it's like all of the bolt action rifles at 200 yards, it's awfully hard to miss. Okay, next is a review on the Christensen Arms. It's a CA-15 Recon. The CA-15 Recon is a custom-built AR-15 rifle. The piston gas system keeps the bolt running clean and cool while the carbon fiber barrel and handguard reduce the weight and increase accuracy. The Recon is one of my favorite rifles. Its quality is incredible, but it is expensive. With an expensive AR-15 and a scope, you will hit it 200 yards just about as good as the CA-15. Uh, that review was November 14, 2016. The, the real star of the Christensen is, uh, I've, I've got a nice uh, loophole scope on it, a 3x9x40, but it, it's the weight. I mean, with the carbon fiber and its quality, but I I can't remember what I paid for it, but I, 
I probably got $3,000 in that with the scope. Um, and, and again, uh, any AR-15 at 200 yards, if, if you zero in, you're going to hit your target. But th this is certainly a quality gun. Everything's made in America. Okay, next we're going to the Browning A-Bolt 3 with a Redfield 3x9x40 scope. The Browning A-Bolt 3 with a Redfield 3x9x40 is another quality product from an excellent company. I zeroed the A-Bolt at 100 yards after seven shot. It has an excellent trigger, quality scope, and very accurate. Hard to miss at 200 yards. It's an inexpensive rifle. Update, loopholed, purchase Redfield. And I think Redfield manufactures scopes with loophole glass. The scope on my A-Bolt is excellent. I reviewed this October 28, 2016. Okay, here's, uh, this next one is a Mossberg 590A1. It's a 12-gauge shotgun, it's a pump. I hit an 18-inch steel target at 200 yards with a slug, one out of five shots. Not too shabby. I still can't believe it. I quit while I was ahead. The 590A1 is the choice of many law enforcement agencies, and it is also a terrific home protection firearm. The Mossberg is a great, inexpensive shotgun that feels good, has decent sights, and manageable recoil. Review October 28, 2016. Uh, again, very inexpensive 12 gauge pump and uh, American made. And I, I, I would say that probably most law enforcement agencies have this 590A1. It's great, great 12 gauge. Okay, next we go to the Savage Axis 308 with a Weaver 3x9x40 scope. One of my great bargain rifles is the Savage Axis. Uh, the photo I put in the book, uh, it's equipped with a Weaver 3x9x40 scopes and sells for about $420. It's chambered in 308, very accurate at 200 yards. If I were buying for ri rifle for hunting, I would buy the Savage instead of a thousand to two thousand dollar rifle. Uh, there's a lot of good videos on YouTube. I've fired this rifle quite a bit, and I consistently hit four inch steel at 200 yards, and I've never lost zero with the scope. This review again, October 2016. Okay, the next is a Smith and Wesson M&P 1522 with a Sig Sauer scope. The Smith and Wesson 1522 is another excellent AR-15 clone chambered in 22 long rifle. The M&P is very light, accurate at 50 yards. It's okay at 100 yards on a calm day. I have a SIG inexpensive 
red green dot scope installed on my rifle that makes it a pleasure to shoot. My previous review on the HK chambered in 22 long rifle manufactured by Walther is still my favorite of the two. The Smith & Wesson is lighter, less expensive, and also very reliable. It's a fun day when you can go through 500 rounds of 22 long rifle for under $50. That review was February the 8th, 2018. Okay, next is the Weatherby Vanguard 308 with a loophole VX2 3x9x40 scope. Uh, the Weatherproof Vanguard 308 is one of my favorite rifles. It has minimum recoil for a 308 and has an accurate, outstanding trigger. It's a high quality rifle that is inexpensive. The Loophole VX2 scope is excellent. Loophole manufactures their scopes in America. The glass is superb and easy to zero. I use I zero this scope with a tip from YouTube video, and I'm usually not impressed by shortcuts, but this will work. You start getting dead center at 25 yards. Uh, 556 or 308 will rise an inch and a quarter to an inch and a half and a hundred. So one click equals a quarter of an inch at a hundred yards. And four clicks at 25 yards will equal a quarter of an inch at a hundred yards. After I zeroed at 25 yards, I went four clicks down on my first shot and hit four inch steel at 200 yards. The 308 from 100 to 200 yards is pretty flat. I continued the rest of my session hitting steel at 100, 150, and 200 yards. I was impressed with the shortcut I will use on my necklace rifle to see if I was lucky or this method is so simple that I will never go back to my old slow ways to zero. Uh, videos available from Weatherby for hunters, and I enjoyed the scenery and the hunt. I never had the opportunity to hunt when I was young, as I grew up in the city, and as part of a lower class, lower middle class family, I feel I'm too old to start now. I turned 78 yesterday, and I hope you hunters will post a review on a site of one of your favorite hunts and one of your favorite rifles. That review was January 21st, 2017. This is my final review coming up on rifles. The Wilson Combat AR-15 Recon Tactical with a primary arms 1x6x24 Raptor Scope. Wilson Combat manufactures excellent high-end weapons and a recon tactical is a superb AR-15 for military and law enforcement. <clears throat> My Wilson has an EOTech holograph site, which is perfect for quick acquisition and ideal for law enforcement and military. The recon is very reliable, accurate, expensive, and a dumb pur purpose, purchase, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
I am 78 years old and I shoot from a shooter's bench, so I don't need a tactical rifle and a non-magnified sight. My SIG AR-15 is piston-operated, an AR-15 with a Nikon, Nikon 4x12 scope with great accuracy and less maintenance than the Wilson. The piston-operated AR-15 requires minimum cleaning compared to the direct impingement AR-15s. I purchased this Wilson four to five years ago for less money, I could have bought a Ruger 308 with a piston AR uh, platform and an excellent scope for less than I paid for the Wilson EOTech. Live and learn. Uh, update November 20, 2020. I installed a primary arms 1x6x24 Raptor on my Wilson Combat. The Raptor is a magnificent scope and I installed my EOTech on my CZ Scorpion, an unbelievable improvement for both guns. Okay, that wraps up the rifle reviews. And in my book, next goes to accessories and home security, but we are going to, I'm gonna have a podcast and a live show at the historic Gibson Theater in Batesville, September 24th. That's on a Sunday afternoon. And uh, I think I'm going to skip this stuff uh, as far as accessories in the manufacturer. And I want to go to my friends and their reviews because uh, I, I, this will be kind of redundant when we're doing this uh, live show it's also going to be a podcast and we're going to talk about accessories and different manufacturers so I, I think this would be kind of nice just to read a review from my 24 friends and um, I have to shut this phone down. It's ringing. You're probably picking it up in my ear. I forgot to put it on silent mode. Okay. Uh, the first friend, Ted Snedeker from Marshall, Illinois. Uh, and this is Ted's review. I grew up with guns on our farm in southern Illinois. There were always rifles, shotguns, and pistols around. They were always loaded. My dad had two sayings about firearms. An unloaded gun is no use to anyone, and no one will ever be shot with an unloaded gun in my house. From the time I was 14, I could tramp the woods and fields around our farm with dad's Winchester Model 62, terrorizing the squirrels and rabbits for miles around. Through the years, I have owned dozens of various firearms from a sweet 16 Winchester autoload, autoloader to a 22 Magnum finger flick lever gun by Marlin. My favorite shotgun was a Model 101 Winchester over and under that I used to shoot skeet when I lived in Japan. Uh, I became familiar with the 1911 
when I was in the Navy, when I stood as the security guard in the sentry tires at the Nuclear Weapons Center Pacific on Coronado Island, the weapons were issued was, of course, a government 1911. We trained to use clean and care for it by Marine DIs at Marine Corps firing range. Since we were using the 1911s on guard duty, we were authorized to go to the ordnance shack, draw a weapon and a couple hundred rounds of ammo and practice with the 45s at their range whenever we had free time. Since I was a lowly seaman, my financial situation was thin to non-existent. So this practice became regular Saturday entertainment. When I came back from Tokyo in 1970, I was assigned a job in a rough part of South Chicago. Thinking I might need a little protection, I traded my Marlin 22 mag for a 1911 that rode around under the driver's seats in various cars. I owned for 10 years. The only time I needed it was when a hitchhiker threatened me. Once I picked up an all-night driver from San Angelo to home, brandishing a weapon put a happy ending to the story and convinced the hitchhiker he shouldn't bring a knife to a gunfight. In 1975, I got transferred to Alaska. My family and I lived there for four years. The company where I had my office was an electrical contracting firm that provided union labor for my projects. We were modernizing telephone network for the entire state. The owner, John Holloman, was a bush pilot and a big game hunter. He regaled me with tales of camping, hunting, and fishing in the Alaskan bush all winter. He promised me trips to his cabin in the wilds of West Alaska as soon as the weather would permit. Since we had arrived on the first day of January, I had a long winter to get prepared. John informed me that West Alaska was bear country and I should equip myself with a heavy handgun. Since I owned a Ruger 22 Mag single six at one time, I decided a 44 Magnum Ruger was what I needed. I walked into a gun store, showed my Alaska driver's license, and walked out with a single action held cannon. No background check, no silly wait time, just handed the man my credit card, and I exited stage left, armed to the teeth. Did I mention I love Alaska? Around 1st of June, we went on a fishing trip laid out for the weekend. I went to the firing range in, in the hills outside of Anchorage. I set up on a 50-yard range and start blasting with the bear size target. After the first shot, I found holding on the target was not conducive to holding a steady sight picture. I was undoubtedly scaring the bear, but doing him minor damage. I moved to the 25-yard targets and had the same result. While I was busy scaring targets, the range master walked up behind me and witnessed my woeful performance. 
You're not having much luck, are you, he observed. No, I guess I need a lot of practice, I, I admit it. No, son, what you need is different gear. Gear? Yes, get rid of the POS piece of you-know-what, Ruger. Get yourself a Smith and a 41 Magnum. They hit nearly as hard and are a lot easier on the shoulder. Just saying, he remarked and walked away. The following week, I showed up with a Model 57 hanging from my belt. I passed the range master on my way to the firing platform. I see you took my advice, he said, looking down at the smith. Can I give you one bit more? Sure, I answered, wondering what now. Get rid of the belt holster and get a shoulder rig that carries a hand cannon under your left arm. Hmm, <clears throat> shoulder holster, I mumbled, thinking that shoulder holsters were mostly for police and detectives. Yes, out in the bush, you will always have one vest, and you will be crawling into and out of planes and boats and other conveyances. If you have a gun hanging from your belt, it will get hung up, and you're liable to lose your gun right away when you need it most. The crusty old range master was right on all counts. After a couple trips to the range with the smith, I could put all six rounds in a teacup at 25 yards, and the shoulder rig was perfect. I got into hunting in a big way in Alaska, ended up with a collection of Seiko rifles in 338, 7-millimeter Magnum, and a 30-odd six, all with loophole gold ring glass. I hand-loaded hand and hunted and fished all over Alaska. I have few regrets in my life, but leaving Alaska is one. After I came out of Alaska, I reluctantly disposed of all my guns but the A1, but the 41 Smith. I just couldn't bear to part with it, and I still plan on returning to Alaska for camping and fishing trips. In 1984, we were living in Indianapolis in a home on Westwood Boulevard, right on the canal. I came home from a full week tripping, trip camping on a wilderness lake with John Holloman, where we slaughtered the pike and muskies in a great trip. It was late when Kay picked me up at Indianapolis Airport. I was bushed. As a result, I just set my pack at the end of the bed, dove into the shower and crashed. About two in the morning, I was awakened by what sounded like glass breaking. After a few minutes, I turned over to go back to sleep, thinking it was just a bump in the night. A couple of seconds later, I heard a distinct crash. It was glass breaking. I realized someone was trying to break into the house. I rolled over, slid the nightstand drawer open where I kept the smith. It wasn't there. I struggled to come awake, listening to various noises coming up the steps. I realized my 41 was still in my pack where it had come, where it had come home as a checked luggage. I rolled out of bed, pulled on road, dug the pistol out of the pack, and then I had to find the ammo, which was in another pouch pocket on the pack. By the time I got it loaded and set off to confront the situation, Kay had awakened as well. I told her I wasn't sure what was going on, but I was going to investigate. 
I told her to stay in our room. Of course she didn't. She came down the steps right behind me. I paused at the bottom of the steps to look through the dining room and to see the kitchen door. There was a hand coming through the broken glass trying to get the knob open. It was an older house and the latch was stubborn. So the miscreant was having a bit of difficulty. <clears throat> Kay walked me by me down the hall and stood looking into the kitchen. There's been an explosion, she shouted. There's glass all over the floor. She was still half asleep and missed seeing the hand coming through the door. Ah, she is visible in the hall light. Whoever's trying to get in will see her and split, I thought myself. Wrong, the intruder just kept coming, trying to come through the door. That angered me. If I hadn't been there, the thug would have come under the house, but I was there. I slipped along the dining room wall, slid over to the door out of the hall light in a shadow. I reached down, pulled the door open. I was confronted by a muscular young man, blonde and shirtless. He was hand, standing on the driveway, putting his head about belt high where I was standing. I put the 41 right in his face. Down on the concrete, I ordered. No, he shouted, backing away. Now, in retrospect, I'm sure he was saying, no, don't shoot me. But in my adrenaline-fueled fog, I heard, no, I'm not getting down. Kaboom, I pulled off an inch or two and squeezed off around less than three inches from his right ear. The muzzle blast knocked him down. Kay called the police, and they must have been less than a block away because they pulled into the drive almost immediately. The responding officer walked up, sized the situation, and rolled the would-be home invader on his back. He shook his head and looked up at me. Oh, sir, why didn't you shoot him? It turned out there were two of them. The officer sent his partner down the alley in pursuit, and he returned shortly with the accomplice, with, with an accomplice. It turned out the pair's leader was out on parole and was running a fencing operation where the police were planning on raiding and arresting him in the next couple of days. I did not even have to go to testify. They just locked him back up. I'm retired now, living on a farm in southern Illinois where I grew up. The crime rate here is minimal to non-existent, but I still keep a bedside piece. My home current home defender is a bit more modern. It's a Bull M5. The Bull is a polymer frame 1911 clone with a double stack magazine that I keep loaded with 15 rounds. I like the pistol for the lightweight, firm feel, and tight groups. I like it in the 1911 format because I don't have to think about using it. I keep it besides my bed with a round chamber, safety off, but hammer down. All I must do is pick it up, pull the hammer, and shoot. Well, that was a pretty long review, and uh, we've gone over my normal 20 minutes, but uh, see, Ted, 
uh, has already been on as a guest, and we're going to do part two of his review. He's had an interesting life. But the reason for the long review is Ted has published nine books. I think he's on his 10th one. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't consider myself an author. I'm probably a hack. Yeah, I just happened to write two books. But Ted is an author. And uh, authors usually are very detailed-oriented, and he didn't miss a beat on the review. So right now, uh, we're going to end this because we're, we're way over where I want to be. We're going to end this with the National Anthem. And I want to thank everyone for listening. I, I hope we t- see you on the next, or listen, you listen on the next podcast. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. Talk to you soon.